maybe somebody trying to have a conversation. Somebody's really adamant that you should be doing creatine and you should be doing protein powder and you need pre-workouts. And if anyone says otherwise, they're, they're dinosaurs. What would you say to that person? Well, I, I, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, I'll be 66 years old. I've been doing this my whole life. I turned 66 in the fall and, and I've seen, I've been there. And again, we've made mistakes along the way. But what I've seen more recently in the last probably five years is all this digestive health issues. Which leads to the Which mental. leads to all these other problems. Yeah. And so when we're seeing this and I start diving into the weeds. And it doesn't happen overnight. It never happens overnight. And that's no different than our conversation last week about creatine. So all we're trying to do is like, let's create a better awareness and get back to why do I need that much protein? You need protein. We've said that. But you don't need excessive amounts of protein like you don't need excessive amounts of carbs pro- or, or fats. So the goal is let's start up, upgrading, improving the quality, create more awareness around that, be more educated around that, and have better decisions around it. We got two camps that are arguing with each other, and I think you got to just look and say they're arguing about the wrong Correct. question. The question yeah. shouldn't be how much protein should you eat. The question should be where am I going to get my protein? What's the, the quality, quality of my protein? Of What's protein. the source of my protein? That should be your number one question. And then we can start working at It's no different than the target. We focus on the, the quality first, and then we work on the balance second. Welcome back to another Rest, Eat, Move podcast. It's Matt and Chris, and uh, we're back two weeks in a row. We're on a streak. Well, today we're going to talk about proteins, where it's kind of leading from uh, last podcast, talking about creatine, and just continue to go down the path of how to do it. You know, sometimes we talk about the big picture and the reasons why you shouldn't do something. Today is going to be a combination of that, but really the takeaway is how do you do it and what can we do? And really leaving with some simple, small steps to... uh, you know, improving our, our diet and nutrition. Before we get into protein and macronutrients and all those types of things, uh, as a reminder, we have our food bar sale through the end of July. So check those out. We're really excited about our food bars, real food, um, real calories, and uh, nothing fake. But Dad, we're going to talk about protein. This is something that you get a lot of questions on. Uh, you got questioned this week in one of your presentations. I get questions almost every day, whether it's email or phone call, text. What's your feeling on protein? You wanted to talk about macronutrients first, but what's your feeling on protein? Well, as I wrote in the Rest Eat Move book, you know, it's the golden child. It has been for a long time. And back in the probably 70s and 80s, carbohydrate was the golden golden child. So everything was the high-carb, low-fat diet. And then today, it's been in this for quite a long time, but you know, everybody I hear, always hear is like, how much protein should I consume? This protein, that protein. I don't have the same conversation ever about carbs. Like, hey, how much carbohydrate should I put in my smoothie? So that, that, that golden child of the 70s and 80s is no longer around or what? Yeah, and again, we just keep spinning around, but the bottom line today is the conversation of that. It's not the beef jerky at the 7-Eleven that's going to be a good thing for you just because it's high in protein. And I think that's where people are getting around wrong. They're just, it's protein, protein, protein. So n- there's not a, a really true understanding. As I mentioned, I was in um, Atlantic City this past week, and I had a few questions about protein. And then we went to the 
the quality of the protein. We talked about the volume of protein. We want to get into the, so a little bit more, let's understand a little bit more. And that's why we're doing this today. So talk about the macronutrients. I think that's a good point. We can go, we can dive right into protein. And, and let me start with what protein is. Protein, the word protein means primary substance. Every tissue, every uh, cell in the body needs protein to um, repair and grow. But there's more macronutrients than just protein, and there's probably a pretty good reason why. So talk about the three macronutrients. Well, I think the beginning of what you just said is what is protein? What does it do? It builds the body, basically. So without getting all the details, um, it helps to balance blood glucose level. So there's a wonderful benefits of protein. We need protein. We need protein. We're not saying that today. We want protein. We need protein to, to survive. But we also need carbohydrates. And if you looked at what is a carbohydrate, carbohydrate is a sugar. But we lump them all together. They're not all together. Twizzlers are not the same as a vegetable or a fruit. So, so that's where we have to we get so it wrong. So protein is a build. So we yep. think build, mm-hmm. grow. Carbohydrates is energy. Energy, fuel. Yep. Gut health. Gut health. So if you take carbohydrates out of the, the body. Just eating protein isn't going to improve my gut health? No. I mean, I had the guy in that had hiccups for <laughs> two and a half years. Not the hiccup guy again. Yeah, the hiccup guy. And, um, you know, all he was doing is eating protein, protein bars. Everything was protein, no carbohydrates. Hadn't eaten a fruit in five years. So, so again, we got to go back to let's just talk about why we need these things and make the body optimal and thrive, and we need healthy carbohydrates. But I don't really ever hear that conversation of, you know, to this morning, I just had oatmeal on the run. I had to get people say, hey, where's your protein? Well, it's the ancient grain, it's the nuts, it's, you know, you can see how this starts to roll. And, and then, then fats. Obviously, we talk a lot about fats and those heels. So I think it's important to talk about carbs, energy, yep. protein, building, fats, healing. Correct. And you need all three. And if you make that that simple. That simple. Yeah, because again, fats are really beneficial for hormones and inflammation and the list goes on. And that's, you know, you're picking up the food target and that's, why I designed it back in ni- the early 90s because people are so confused about these three Take us back to 1990. You're getting ready to start to craft this food target. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What was the genesis? Because a lot of it had to do with protein at the time. Well, the genesis was that, you know, people coming to a health club, we had one of the largest health clubs in the world, and many of the members want to lose weight. And so I started doing this presentation, and this is how I started speaking, but I did meal patterning. And it really was dumbfounding to me how little information people had about nutrition. And I had been competing in bodybuilding, and so I realized I need to have a tool to help them understand that, not the food pyramid and all that stuff, but I came up with this target and based on quality and balance that's the whole genesis behind quality first balance second Mm -hmm. quality balance so when you look at the target it's a how do you create quality and how do you upgrade and then from there how do you you know create balance so we need healthy carbs we need healthy proteins we need healthy fats and so people see this you're not taking things away like our world today is you don't eat carbs you don't eat this you don't eat that reality is you're just making it better so, and I don't think we're talking enough about that. I think a good point here is one of the things that I know that people get frustrated and they get fatigued and they just want they just want an option. They're, they just want us to tell them what to do. Everyone wants to know what should their plate look like. 
what's your stance? I got my stance on, I don't think the plate always needs to look like this food target, but what's your stance on everyone wanting, what does my plate look like? Well, then that's really where I started thinking about it. So, you, so if you looked at your plate and you're eating whole foods, one ingredient source type foods, I would say pe- people would say to the target, they're like, hey, you have nuts in the fat, but you also have it in the protein. You have vegetables in the carb, but you also have vegetables in the protein. Yes, because most, new, most foods are a combination. Pumpkin seeds have healthy omega-6 fats, but they also have protein. Brazil nuts have omega-6 fats, and they have high selenium and zinc and protein. So again, that was the thought process that let's make this simple for people. I don't want to count macros. I don't want to count calories. So if you're eating more live foods except for fruit, most of your carbohydrates have a fair amount of protein in them. But if I'm eating the quick oats, which we just saw this video, and if you looked at the oats, if the video was talking about well, oatmeal causes a high glycemic index. Well, it depends on the quality of the oatmeal. So that's what we're missing this conversation. So when you put it on your plate. I guess a nuance that I was kind of thinking about is some days for breakfast, I might not have the same balance that I would have for dinner. Just maybe what you feel like, maybe what uh, types of foods. For example, I don't tend to eat a lot of meat for breakfast. Okay, so it's going to look a little bit different than my dinner. And sometimes I don't eat meat for dinner. I think the key is, is some days I maybe eat a little bit more carbohydrates for breakfast. But again, you said at the very beginning, the reason we talk about it is too rigid, too rigid. There's no flow. You're, you're, you're not. So what we want to do is we want to teach you how to fish, not just here's the fish. And so that's where people, that's why diets have a hard time staying with them because all I have to do is follow this. Well, it's nice to at the beginning, but after a while, they're like, I'm out to dinner, I'm this and that. I don't know how to pivot, and I'm in trouble. And so that's really, once you understand these basic nutrients and you're eating more high-quality source foods, you cover lots of gamut. You don't have to eat this, this, and this at a specific meal. The body's really a sophisticated. Or no fruit afternoon. Or like yeah, getting- I mean, it gets craziness how we get it. So it's now we're getting that rigid follow the strict plan and then i'm going to do that for a little while so that's what we've always thought that's what we've taught i mean i've had amazing success with people but not for everybody so because they don't want they don't want to they don't want to they want to be told exactly what to do and again we can help them that but they need to learn how to do it a little bit themselves so before we go into how much protein is enough the kinds of proteins take us back to 1990 coming off a, a couple bodybuilding shows um, and you're not shy to say, you know, you've tried all these different things. What's the protein powder of choice in 1990? Or the well, the mid-80s? protein powder in the in the 80s and the 90s was uh, egg whites, and that was that was predominantly it was egg whites or cassian, which is a milk solid. So my first bodybuilding contest, and again. Lack of knowledge. You I don't know. know what you don't know. I don't know what I know. And I, again, I say this all the time. I made a ton of mistakes over my years. But this is back in 1983. And I'm taught by a lot of other bodybuilders, you need to bulk up. So I did Cassian shakes two or three times a day. And these are milk solids. And I had problems <laughs> with you know, milk itself. And I had skin problems. My, uh, my CPK level, which is a it was just off the charts. I had this blood work, but I bulked up and I was doing these protein powders. And then again, egg whites and then, you know, whey comes out later. But 
and I bloomed up to 232 pounds. I was strong. I was, you know, I was bloated, but I was strong. I was big. And, and you're young. I, and I was young. I was 27 years old when I first competed, and um, and then I competed at 172, so I lost over 60 pounds. So it's uh, it's I, it's an egg white. Uh, it's egg whites, it's egg protein, it's uh, milk solids. It's the cheapest stuff you could possibly buy. And it, and it does deliver protein to the cell. We're not saying that it just gets there, and, but well, there's side the effects, other, the other and thing, the body doesn't. Yeah, the other thing I did a lot was I did branched-chain aminos, and I was taught that I got to do that on top of the Cassian. And that's still around in different oh, for formulas. Sure. Talk, talk to the listeners about branched-chain aminos. So protein is an amino acid, and there's, you know, there's a whole bunch 20, of them. 20, 22 Yeah, so it, whoever, but it's right around 22. And again, m- many of those, they're called essential, and they, that comes from meat, some form of meat, whether it's milk or eggs or, some, or some animal. Some kind of animal. Some type of animal. And then you have the non-essential, which are coming from plant. And in a perfect world, as a vegan, you can combine the two and get all the essential amino acids if you combine those. So that's where it was the rage is I got to make sure I'm getting all my so amino acids. So a branch acids. chain amino acid, would that be the essential amino acids? Yeah, so you would, yeah, you're just getting the, the synthetic form of these yeah. uh, branch. So it's an easy way. and you're t- So I'm gobbling down all these pills, mm-hmm. and I'm taking the protein shake. I have gas like never before. My skin's a mess. I'm constantly, you know, have bloating. I mean, if you think about the garden of my gut, it had to be just upside down. Sure, very, very acidic. But I'm getting bigger muscles, you know, and I'm trying to, and I really didn't. I just bulked up. So anyway, that's that was the beginning of the protein powders. And then, you know, the soy protein came out. That was a big rage in the early 90s. Because soy sounds healthy. Soy sounds healthy, and we I was promoting it. I was promoting soy protein powder. Mm-hmm. We'd sell out at, it's called uh, VegaFuel. We had that at Foods for Living. So, so again, I, I'm going back in time, but yeah, that was what was out there for a long, long time. Now, here, here's the thing. I think the point of this podcast is it's a relevant topic. It's all over. It's an important question. You need proteins. Now, maybe you have kids or athletes or yourself trying to lose weight or look leaner, or build muscle. Um, and protein's a part of that. And there's a lot of noise, and it's confusing as heck. It, it, there's so much scientific information that seems like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think what we're going to get back to and you'll find is what's the common sense approach and what's going to be the best thing for your health? Not necessarily how you look, because there sometimes can be a shortcut to that in a, in a short run. Long term, that won't happen. But we're going to really focus on health. And that's talking about your digestion. It's talking about your skin, your mental health, your sleep, your um, ability to really absorb and assimilate food. So here, here's what's going on right now. There's, there's two camps. You got one camp that says you shouldn't eat any animal products and you can get your protein, whether it's an impossible burger or these, uh, you know, what we call the new processed foods, which are meat alternatives. And then you got the camp that's going to be, you got to eat more meat, got to eat more protein, got to get all of your nutrients in the, those forms. I think we're somewhere in the middle um, and not in the middle of saying uh, the average or the masses, but a little bit more to the common sense, practicality, sustainability. 
Because at the end of the day, if I go down the cereal aisle, and there's a lot of cereals. I, lo I love cereals. There's a lot of fun cereals that you can think about maybe from your childhood. But at the end of the day, is most cereal food? I don't think it's real food. It's cereal. It's, it's sugar, colors, dyes. Well, again, if you go back in time, whether, you know, you don't have to name the, the companies, but we started, you know, you started seeing women come into the workforce. You need to have something easy. It was, you know, it was the cereal. You just open the bowl up, you had the milk, and away you go. And so that, and it was very inexpensive, but very profitable. And so that's how that whole thing took off. But we're, back to your protein thing, where I think everybody's not necessarily getting it wrong, but maybe not focusing on what's, I think, the mo better question is, what's the quality of the protein? That's what we're missing. So, so the point I was going to make is, I don't think most cereal is really that much of real food. It's not real food. And I don't think protein powder it's not real is food. real food. It's not real food. And so we got two camps that are arguing with each other, and I think you got to just look and say they're arguing about the wrong Correct. question. The question yep. shouldn't be how much protein should you eat. The question should be where am I going to get my protein? What's the, the quality, quality of my protein? Of What's protein? the source of my protein? That should be your number one question. And then we can start working at it's no different than the target. We focus on the, the quality first, and then we work on the balance second. So before we go into the how, let's talk about maybe some of the side effects or challenges if all we focus on is to get more protein, and, and that could be through vehicles um, like protein powder or protein bars or cutting out carbohydrates or just consuming uh, animal uh, meats just because you're on the carnivore diet. Let's talk about the challenges, side effects, and maybe the route they don't realize is coming. Well, I think, again, you see this everywhere, but I saw this new beer commercial on a billboard up north, and it's advertising right away that there's no carbohydrates in this. And I'm thinking to myself, so what's in it? <laughs> because if it doesn't have some type of grains or, you know, so that's the question we keep. When you look at a, when you look at a protein bar you buy at the airport, I was in the other day and I was looking at the convenience store at the airport. I was in Philadelphia. And I'm looking at all these bars. There's not one. There's a bunch of them. And they're all advertising low-carbohydrates. One gram of sugar. One gram, gram of sugar. sugar. Where is... How is it sweet? How, where is this coming from? So it's got to be, again, where we're getting into... That's what we're getting away from. Just because it's high in protein, protein... I'm on the plane. And Delta's serving stuff that's advertised as low-carb. So, so it's everywhere because people are so crazed about So the protein. point you're making is we're, we're villainizing carbohydrates. Villainizing carbohydrates. And then the, the hero, the golden child, is protein. And so they go hand in hand, right? And so what we're, again, it's, let's step back and like, where, where's this protein coming from? And why are we taking carbohydrates out of something? You know, you've talked about this before with gluten. Why are we, why are we stripping the gluten out of it? If it has gluten in it and you strip it, it's going to be more processed than it was before. Not saying you should eat gluten or not gluten. My po point is, is that we keep stripping these things. It's no different than protein powders. How can a, how can a, a pea protein or a hemp protein or whatever have really nothing else in there besides protein? Well, let's go, let's go right, at, it. right after the number one protein powder way. Let's talk about that real quick. For the listeners that don't know, whey 
is cheese. Okay, have it's you ever had from... cheese? Have you ever had cheese? I Delicious. Have. Yes. Right. It's got fat. It's got water, moisture. Um, it, it might have some other properties. Well, the way they make whey is they extract the protein into a powder, remove everything else, and then they add some type of flavor because you would never just consume powdered whey. If you had powdered whey, it'd be like you consuming mud. <laughs> and nobody would want to consume mud. Right, so you're going to have to add some type of kind of powder to make it some type of synthetic sweetener yep because you don't want to add if you added that sweetener to it your carbohydrate levels go up they don't want that so now you got this processed natural flavor artificial when you hear natural means nothing so that's i got one right here this is vanilla milkshake it's a very highly consumed uh, whey protein Uh, all over their website is that they're the industry leader all the things and the ingredients are whey protein isolate. That tells you exactly what it is. So they strip is- it. Isolating yep, the protein. It. Natural flavor. Which means nothing. <laughs> this, this one got you really jacked up. Creamer powder. And if you want to know what creamer powder is, it's coconut oil, corn syrup solid, sodium cassinate, dipotassium phosphate, contains 2% or less of the following, mono and diglycerides, silicon dioxide, soy lecithane, titanium dioxide for color. So this is what I see all the time being consumed by health-conscious people trying to make health-conscious decisions. So so let's back up for a second. So how many grams of protein is that per serving? 20 grams of protein per scoop. And how much carbs? Uh, There's one total gram of sugar. Three so grams of nobody's carbs. going to be looking at that ingredient list. They're just going to look at it. Hey, there's 20 grams of protein here. Yeah, and that's why there's it's on no the carbs. back. You know, the front's right. going to say how much protein. And the, 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 the lettering is so tiny, you're not even going to look. And they don't understand what they're looking at anyway, for, let in me, many cases. Let me follow up with the, then the next rage that go hand in hand, and I think it's important. So we're talking protein powder. This is the same company selling this. This is called a post-workout stack. So after a workout, you have to take protein powder. You'd be an idiot to not. That's kind of how they're. Yeah, because you've broken down. You've broken down. you got to build back up. you got to build back up. And, and th- there's not, no, not a better way than a vanilla milkshake protein drink. <laughs> but the stack that goes with this, this is called a, um, I gave you the name. This is called. Uh, glycogen, glycogen replacement formula. Replenishment. Replenishment formula. Formula. And it was interesting as we were getting started today. They've stripped out the carbs, they've stripped out the fat, they've added some flavor in here so you can get your protein in isolation. Yep. This is dextrose, monohydrate, silicon dioxide, glucose. It's got 43 grams of added sugar. So this is a this is a post-workout glycogen replenishment because you need sugar for the muscle to recover. So you are taking all the sugar to boost insulin. Insulin opens up the cell. To grow. Now we're insulin's a growth-type hormone. So just building, give, give, right. the, give the listener a little <laughs> nuance here because what happens mm. is you hear all the noise, I got to get my protein po- I got to get my protein powder. And then you're slowly starting to see that everyone's taking a pre-workout and a post-workout, which you're going to do something with energy. And what do we say today? Carbohydrates are your energy source. 
And so as we just chug down these protein drinks or protein bars, we're walking around and we haven't, we've had less energy than ever before. You got energy drinks, the bangs, the this, the hypertrophic supplements. The caffeine. The caffeine. And so it's showing us right in this garbage. This costs $90 for a month's supply of this post-workout recovery stack. Why is this happening? Because people are not informed. And they want to take the fastest shortcut. They think that will help them. You know, why did I do what I did back in the bodybuilding days? I had no clue. So in the early 80s, I had no, I just following what I'm being told. You have a master's degree, know a lot about glycogen and all the processes of ATP. How is this something that's even being able to be sold? Because, I mean, <laughs> in the food industry, there's really not a lot of, you know, we're not going down this path. I mean, we could spend all day talking about the food industry itself. But when you think of glycogen, all it is is stored carbohydrates in the liver and the muscles. And when you work out, you deplete glycogen. And so way back in the day in bodybuilding, as you get ready for a contest, you would carb uh, deplete. And so it would, you're depleting, you're taking carbs out of your body. And then as you get close to the contest, you would carb load, which we're talking about right now. And now I'm carb loading and it would fill up your muscles, and so you would look more, you know, full. And so that's so that, you didn't call it a, a replenishment formula. No, we just <laughs> ate carbohydrates. You know, we took carbohydrates out. My first contest, I took out carbohydrates. I quit eating fruit, no more potatoes, anything like that. And then as I got close to the contest, we, we, and then again, guys would time it wrong, and you know, the list goes on. But this is the stuff that why we're having this conversation today. Because when you think of a glycogen replenishment formula. And all that is garbage. You're not talking about eating a banana or with food. some oatmeal. Food. Right? Some real food. What about digestive enzymes that are naturally occurring in food? Uh, probiotics, They're prebiotics. They're gone. I mean, we've never seen more digestive health issues than we do today. And when your digestion's not right, again, we heard about prebiotics, probiotics. I hear this all the time. Just eat food. Eat live foods. So hold that thought on digestion because I think that's the key pillar for the, the number one side effect when you start to go down and consume synthetic protein. But let, let's go back to the listener that's like, Matt, I'm not doing a post-workout replenishment formula. I think the point we're trying to make, uh, I kind of think about the movie butterfly effect or the butterfly effect in general. You go back and you try to change something and then it changes something. And this is, I think, what's happening with this, this biohacking is like you hear you need protein powder. So you start doing protein powder and at some point maybe you cut out real food. So your shake used to be strawberries and bananas and real food and now it's just a scoop with some water, shake it up. And away you go. There's no food in there. So you've eliminated some things. The reason why we're bringing this up, just to kind of show you what is happening out there, because if you do think that protein powder is the end-all, be-all, best thing ever, you're going to need to start to stack it with other things. A prebiotic, a post, uh, a probiotic, you're going to have to do these replenishment. You're going to have to supplement with B vitamins. You're probably consuming energy drinks. And all you have to watch is, I see these young kids where they're doing the protein shake, and right next to the protein shake is an energy drink. And it just makes me wonder, how could an 18-year-old not have energy? 
Well, because they're depleted in some aspect, they're over uh, synthetically supplementing another aspect, and so they're going to have to supplement for the energy later. So, so go back to the gut health for just a second. This is really the big side effect when we start taking real food out of the body because now the garden gets upset. And if the garden gets upset, then and then you have a like the butterfly. It's a cascade of other issues. You might not see it right away, but now I have psoriasis, I have IBS, I have you know digestive health stuff that goes on. If that's upset, then I'm probably going to upset my neurotransmitters. Here comes you know serotonin, dopamine, GABA. These things all get anxiety. Anxiety. So now we have these mental health problems digestive health problems and they they all go hand in hand because gut and the brain gut connection is completely connected so that's where we get sideways like i'm just trying to get bigger muscles replenish myself in the gym this and that no these things will always have some type of uh domino effect and we're not saying i think that's something to be clear we want you to consume probably more protein we want you to get the right kind of protein you're going to need it to to have strong muscles and bones and re- repair, but it all comes back to the source. That's the key. That's the key of our food target, key of our business. Let's let's start talking about the how, because I think we can spend all day on uh, on the challenges and side effects, but let's walk the listener through how can we get the right amount of protein by focusing on the source? Well, Rashawn's here, you're here, but most every day I do oatmeal on the run. So I get up in the morning, I take my wheatgrass, I take my cod liver oil, wheatgrass is high in minerals, it's frozen ice cubes, it's high in chlorophyll, good for my gut, doing water, but I'm doing my cod liver oil, the omega-3, the you know, DHA, and you know, the vitamin D3, and the list goes on. But then from there, sometime, like I worked out this morning, and then I'm going to eat afterwards. I'm going to do my oatmeal on the run. It's 100% thick rolled oats. It's very thick. It's fibrous. And it has steel cut rolled oats. They're kind of the same. The same, and whether it's oat groats, they're, they're all in the same. But if you're getting the real deal, you're getting about eight grams of plant based protein per half cup. So you already got that. So then I'm going to add some nuts to it. So like today I had pecans, some cacao nibs, some shredded coconut. So it really has good carbs, proteins, and fats. It's high in magnesium, it's high in fiber. But I'm probably getting 15 grams of protein just from that plant-based breakfast. No eggs, nothing. I'm not saying I don't eat eggs occasionally. So that's, that's how I start my day. So I have good energy. I have, I have good gut health. And, so I, and I like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to do. Many days I'll do a smoothie. And one way to, I'll add bananas. Your smoothie is just water and protein powder, right? <laughs> <laughs> so my smoothie is going to generally have coconut water, it's going to have frozen fruit, a banana, and then sometimes I'll put an avocado in there, and I'm always using our smoothie blend. So that's our protein powder type replacement that has flax, chia, hemp, and cacao. But it's real food. You open up the bag, you got one right behind you. It's real food. So that's an easy way to, instead, that's why we came up with a smoothie blend, because everybody wants to do a, a protein powder. I'm like, no. Yeah, I can't tell you how many powder. companies approached us and said, hey, uh, we'd love, love to make a protein powder. No, it ain't going to happen. Um, and, then you, and then you eat food. Like today, I have leftover lamb, so I'm going to have that later this afternoon. And I have some vegetables and potatoes. And so 
I don't really think about, oh, I got to get protein every meal. I'm just trying to eat real food. Yeah, we both eat animal products. Both eat animal protein. I like chicken. I like lamb. I like beef. I I don't eat a lot of pork. Like, But we get plenty of protein in that way. And you I, try to make your protein better. So if I can get uh, organic chicken and organic buffalo or wild Alaskan salmon, I'm going to do that when I can. Yep. But I'm getting lots of protein better eggs. the day. Better eggs. So I'm eating the yolk. Better bread if you're going to have bread. Better bread. Again, better, better grains. And so this is, a, this is a key point. If the if you go closer to the target, which is closer to the source, you're going to get more macronutrients than whatever you consume. Like if you get a better bread, it's going to have more protein. You get a more processed bread, it's going to have less protein. So I mean, that's take, really the key. Could, I mean, we used to take the, the white bread, you know, the crummy white bread, and we would jam that all in a jar, in a, in a glass. And people were like, how is that possible? Because it's fluff. It's not real food. Yeah. It's, it's, but yeah. then if you take a sprouted bread and try to, you can't even put a, yeah. one or two slices in there. So it's the density mm-hmm. of the, the, the food. And that's what the source is, the density, the and, super food. And it's so got if you're eating real dense. food, you really don't have to think about how do I get more protein? Because it, it all has it except for fruit. So fruit's the only carbohydrate that doesn't have some type of protein. But I mean, most vegetables are 50% protein. That's why we're a big fan of spirulina chlorella, because it's super high in protein from a plant source. So let's just, take, let's just say there's a vegetarian or a vegan uh, listening. Any, any advice for that person um, looking for ways to make sure that their protein is Again, where it should be? Again, w- we talked about that for the oatmeal on the run. It's an easy thing to do. Maybe you do a smoothie with a smoothie blend. There's no animal in any of these things. And, and, then during- and if Kristen was here, I think she really is a proponent of the danger of this alternative meat. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so if you are a vegan and a vegetarian, and you want to have an impossible burger because you're looking for that taste every once in a while, not, a, not really, that's not the problem. But if you're constantly using mm-hmm. tofu and these meat replacements, you're really going to be deficient. But if you, got, if you get beans in your diet, you have nuts and seeds in your diet, you're going to get lots of protein. And all of your like nuts and seeds have a variety of different types of you know, fats and proteins in them. So it's not hard to do. If I'm getting good vegetables, eating really high quality grains and doing some nuts and seeds and maybe some spirulina corella, it's not hard to get enough protein if I don't eat a- animal protein. So when, when you're kind of doing this, do you ever track how many grams of protein you're having in a day? Never. And would you ever recommend someone track how many grams of protein they're having? Well, a day? again, it's like it's like how many calories do you eat per day? We might have that conversation just till you create awareness. So, for example, if I said, "Hey, we're going to make this oatmeal on the run," let's just talk about that. How many calories are in that? Because calories do count. Mm-hmm. And so, once they get that awareness, the counting is over. It's just awareness. If I eat an apple, it's about eighty calories, and I throw two or three Brazil nuts in there, I probably have you know, 200 calories for that snack. Now, if I eat, like I had these guys years ago, and I said, you know, macadamia nuts are healthy for you. And they were, hey, came back like a month later, say, I'm gaining weight. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing what you told me to do. And they're consuming about a cup of macadamia nuts every day. <laughs> so so that's where the awareness comes in and, and giving an idea, you know, are you consuming, let's just say you consume 2,000 calories a day, we might have that conversation at the very beginning about half of those calories, about a thousand come from carbs, and then you know twenty five percent maybe come from protein, twenty five percent from fat. Just an awareness, but after that, no. 
never count. Just an awareness. And and is there anything that people can do maybe to get more protein versus just like supplementing it? Is it like snacking, like having not just three meals a day? Maybe it's having a snack here and there. Like you said, you have an apple with nuts in between. So Brazil your- nuts and pumpkin seeds are high in selenium and zinc. They're great for your testosterone levels. They're high in omega-6 fats, but they're also high in protein. So I'm not just going to eat the apple because this is where everybody gets it wrong. I can eat the apple, but if I want to eat an apple and have a little bit more satisfaction because now I've added protein and fat, that works better for me. If I come into the gym in the morning and I need some type of, what'd you call it? Uh, Glycogen replenishment. Or some type of pre-workout. I'm never going to do that. I'm going to eat a half an orange and a few nuts. It's easy for me to break it down. My energy level feels good. I forgot. I, I forgot. Um, so we were talking about the replenishment and the protein powder. I printed this from their website. It said, keep out of reach from children. <laughs> it says, do not use if you're under 18 years old. <clears throat> then I looked at the um, reviews. And many reviews where I bought this for my 13-year-old son who's playing football or sports or soccer. Or, um, and they love it. And I think this is, this is my biggest concern. I, you know, if you're an adult... If you're 50 years old and want to do protein powder because you've listened to a podcast on it, and I think, you know, that's we're all adults. But it's the kids that are being influenced because of uh, their strength and conditioning coach or how they used to do it. And they're just doing it to kind of do it. You know, when we had this conversation about the creatine last podcast, that's the problem. No, no kid should be doing a glycogen replenishment formula. In my opinion, no kid really should be doing protein powder unless they, you know, aren't eating food at all or whatever. Well, I'll just say is. they shouldn't. So let's just stop. Okay, so we, let's see. Let's just start eating real food. Let's look at your breakfast. If you're eating a high quality food versus Count Chocula or whatever, you're not going to get any protein. <laughs> is in that, that even around? No, but it's seriously what I hear all the time. I'm like, I'm eating this cereal and I'm putting protein powder in my cereal. Well, what? now they have protein powder cereal. I get it. But it's just, it, come on. So that's the that's the challenge, is that how do you create a lifestyle? But that isn't you can, that telling? You're not supposed to eat it if you're a ch- child. Well, it's always the thing when you look at pharmaceuticals advertised at night. So you wouldn't that be a rule to follow? If you can't have it as a kid, you probably shouldn't have it as an adult. Of course, unless it's maybe alcohol, right? It's, it's <laughs> again, if you can't feed it to a three-year-old, why are you consuming it? So it goes not only for your kids. But it also goes as adults. And this is what I'm seeing as adults. When I start diving into the weeds, and you do this too. There's other things that have been showing up. Yeah, why am I not sleeping? So I had a talk with this guy the other night. And I'm like, so let me walk through this. He had no idea why his sleep was so bad. And his sleep was so bad because, again, back to the guy with the hiccups, he has gut problems. His pH is out of balance. pH is out of balance. He's doing this and that. He doesn't understand it. He looks great. And and proteins are heat. They're heat. They're hot. Yeah. And so it's hard to cool down. So the yin and the yang, and then again, they're gonna be more inflammation. Yeah, and their amino acids are gonna be more acidic. So again, you're gonna run be running more hot. But we're not saying that at all today. The goal is let's improve the quality of that and be aware of it. And that's what we're seeing because these protein powders and everything else that goes with it, there's so much profit in this, this arena. Sure. If you looked at our smoothie blend, 
there's no profit basically in our smoothie blend. Yeah, we'll go. We'll starve to death because we would starve to death if that's all we sold. Because again, it's real food, but we wanted to have a, uh, an option for people if they're making a smoothie. I, I use it five times a week. Yeah, I use it all the time. Costs cost you less than probably a, a dollar a time. All right. So as we wrap up, any last thoughts on? You know, maybe somebody trying to have a conversation. Somebody's really adamant that you should be doing creatine and you should be doing protein powder and you need pre-workouts. And if anyone says otherwise, they're they're dinosaurs. What would you say to that person? Well, I, I the proof's in the pudding. I mean, I'll be 66 years old. I've been doing this my whole life. I turned 66 in the fall and and I've seen, I've been there, and again, we've made mistakes along the way. But what I've seen more recently in the last probably five years is all this digestive health issues. Which leads to the Which mental. leads to all these other problems. Yeah. And so when we're seeing this, and I start diving into the weeds. And it doesn't happen overnight. It never happens overnight. And that's no different than our conversation last week about creatine. So all we're trying to do is, like, let's create a better awareness and get back to why do I need that much protein? You need protein. We've said that. But you don't need excessive amounts of protein like you don't need excessive amounts of carbs pro- or, or fats. So the goal is let's start up, upgrading, improving the quality, create more awareness around that, be more educated around that, and have better decisions around it. So I'll take, I'll take a, as we wrap up, I'll take um, something from the website of the reputable brand of whey protein. If, if it's not something you would feed your kids, you probably shouldn't eat it. And I think this is where we got to use common sense before anything else. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If it sounds like it's probably a good thing and it makes sense, like oatmeal, it is. And so when you think about protein powders, let's just focus on those for a second. It's not food. And we're going to have a list of other issues, other problems, or we're going to have to continue to supplement and keep adding these things in if we eliminate food. And that's what we're seeing, the post-workout, the pre-workout, the energy drinks, the prebiotics, the probiotics, the digestive issues, the medications. And so I think what we're saying today is if you want to consume protein, if you think that you need to get more protein, the first place to look is real food. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, any comments, info at ontargetliving.com. We'll see you next time.